Hello and welcome to the Offensive Security Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Miller. Joining me today is Adam, also known as Falcon Spy. Adam is Offsec's community ambassador. He does a lot of work on Discord and helping out our community. And today he's joining us to talk about his day job, which is internal pen testing. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me. Our listeners, of course, will know uh, who you are from your various time hosting the Offsec podcast. Uh, but just for the new listeners, can you give us a little bit of uh, history on how you got into InfoSec in general and then in Offsec in particular? Sure. So my interest within the, the field first sparked when I was a freshman at college. Uh, I was originally a computer science major, realized it wasn't for me. At the time, there was some big profile hacks going on with, with Sony uh, and uh, one other big named organization I can't remember, and it was being done by uh, a group called Lulsec, and I think even Anonymous had joined in on it. I can't remember. Uh, but that that kind of really sparked the interest because um, I was interested to know like how they got in, what they did, uh, and you know I thought it was pretty cool, uh, and I wanted to to understand what they were doing, but I also wanted to be on like the the defensive end of trying to to make sure that doesn't happen to to future organizations. Um, so that was kind of the the spark uh, into the field, and then getting into the field is is a pretty long journey um, from when I graduated. It took it took about seven years to, to make it to the field. Uh, part of it was acquiring my OCP certification, finding the right company, um, understanding what I wanted to do, but it, I finally got to, to where I am. Excellent. And, and where is that exactly now? So I've been working at Oracle now for about two years as an internal pen tester, a little over two years. Uh, I work on their, their cloud infrastructure. Very nice. So that's really cool because you, you kind of came at it from an external perspective of, oh, hey, there are these actual real-life hacks going on. What's, all, what's that all about? What are these people doing? And then thinking about it in terms of um, how do you make it a job? How do you sort of defend people from these kind of attacks? How did you go from that line of thinking into, like, what made you decide pen testing rather than, you know, operating a SOC or, or being a security engineer? See, it's kind of weird. I... I just had this feeling or this driving factor. I was like, I need to be in red teaming or I need to be in pen testing. And I didn't, I didn't have like a reason. It was kind of just this, this feeling where this is where I wanted to be. This is what excited me. Um, so that's, that's kind of just how it turned out. There's no, there's no real, inspiration or motivation because like i originally i wanted as i said uh originally i was computer science and that was to, to follow in the kind of follow the footsteps of what my father was doing since he he did computer science and then um yeah it wasn't that i did bad in in coding or i wasn't doing bad in my classes just it did it wasn't for me and for whatever weird reason i just had that spark of okay i have to get into into red teaming or pen testing and that's really awesome uh, especially because at the time, I mean, now today, pen testing is everywhere and InfoSec is everywhere. But about seven years ago, it was really just starting to become a quote-unquote mainstream thing. So that's that's really cool that you had that drive. Um, we're going to get into more details about what you do as a pen tester for Oracle. And of course, if there's anything that you can't talk about here, no problem. Just let us know and we'll we'll skip. Um, I want to start broad and then sort of go go more narrow 
uh, as we go. So just from the most wide definition, how do you think about pen testing or penetration testing? What even is it for those listeners who are just tuning in for the first time? So penetration testing could be a wide uh, variety of things from depending on how you look at it. It could be from internal audits to external audits to um, consulting. Um, but the the overall encompassing way to look at it is it's ethically hacking. So you have a certain ethics or code of ethics that you follow or your organization follows and you are doing things morally and you have a certain scope that you, uh, a certain scope and a certain set of objectives that you're trying to to carry out. So everything, at least to me, is you're, you're following ethics and you're, you're following certain, you have a moral compass um, into, in terms of you know, breaking into these machines or breaking into these networks, and then you're helping these organizations remediate any of those vulnerabilities that you've found. Okay, so when you when you talk about this idea of scope, that means something like deciding which machines you're allowed to attack and in what capacity you can attack them? Right, so from an internal perspective, usually, at least for me, um, I have a certain service that is trying to to go live on our cloud infrastructure or even just they're trying to go live to the internal teams. Um, so the scope for me is, okay, I, I work with that service team to understand what their infrastructure looks like, how, how things are deployed in their infrastructure, what the goal is for that service. And then from there, um, we're only looking at their specific service. So some of these services can interact with other services, um, but we don't touch those other services because that's not within scope. So, uh, just throwing this out there as an example, right? Like maybe we're working on like you know buckets and object storage um and you know that that includes identity and access management um but because we're only looking at buckets and object storage we can't touch the identity service um so we're we're strictly just looking at the service that we're we're assessing got it so you, you we talked about um this concept of internal and external and consulting as different flavors of penetration testing. Um, can you say a little bit more about each one and how they sort of differ from each other? So the internal side of things, you're obviously within the company or within the organization. And to me, at least, uh, I have full full white box, uh, white box access to everything. So I have access to the all the machines. I have full full root or full administrative permissions on all of these machines. I have access to the source code. I have access to the internal documentation by those service teams. Um, so I, I basically have full access. I'm, I'm treated as a member of the team, if you will, whenever I do these assessments. Um, and then the external side, um, it, you know, there's 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 two ways to look at it, right? You have the the consulting side, and you have like the auditing, and then I guess. Um, you kind of have red teaming, which is, is kind of like a whole a whole thing in and of itself of a discussion. But from the auditing um, or external side, you know, you have you have audits. You have people who are just doing these compliance audits to see do I do I meet compliance, and then you have um, external pen testers or consulting organizations that come in and 
they have a certain goals and objectives that are given to them by the organization who's who's having them be employed by them or consulted to do to do the work right so um you know like let's say uh you know here at offsec like we we want an external company to say like hey can i gain i don't know admin on this particular website or this service that offsec has and you know that company will we'll look at that, you know, that's the scope that we've given them. Um, and they'll, they'll try to gain admin on there and they'll tell us how they did it, if they did it, or if they didn't, you know, great for us. Right. So that's, mm -hmm. that's how I see like the external side of things. That's not just auditing. Right. And then this concept of consulting. Yeah. So that was the, that was the concept of consulting, right? So just taking, taking, you're an external person who has no access, everything's more or less black box to you unless the organization gives you some access to source code. Um, but usually you're, you have no access to machines. You're, you're told, Hey, you have this specific IP address or these IP address ranges. Um, and you know, just see what our attack surface is, what you can do once you're in there. Can you expand? Can you get like domain admin, whatever it may be. So it's, you, you know, external, or even just auditing is all black box too. Um, that's how right, I see right. it. So, so in your case, as an internal pen tester, it's very collaborative. Whereas from an external point of view, it can be maybe a little bit more, um, I don't know if antagonistic is a fair word to use, uh, but it sounds like there's, there's a little bit more of a, of a breaking in rather than just, or I shouldn't say just, rather than just, <laughs> rather than testing security from sort of a, a collaborative perspective. Right. For for the internal side of things, I'm working with my teammates usually if there's any questions. Um, not mm -hmm. that you can't do it externally also or uh, for consulting, but um, I'm working with my teammates. I'm also working with the team that's deployed the service or deployed the infrastructure um, to understand how things work. Uh, they, they'll usually jump on a call with me and explain how the system works. Um, the, yeah, they, the whole objective is to treat me like I'm a member of their team to understand how the things works. That way I can do things a lot better, a lot quicker, um, understand how the service operates. Whereas maybe on the external side, maybe the, the organization who's um, using your, your services, maybe they'll, they'll give you some insight and maybe they'll cooperate with you on some things. But ultimately, they're trying to understand what their attack surface is. And then have you obviously try to to make your way into the systems that they, or applications that they've deployed? Right. So there's also there's sort of this um, there's the idea of what your objective is and sort of what your mandate is as an internal or external pen tester. And then due to those mandates or objectives, you're given certain permissions from where to start the start the research and the audit. Is right. That, is that right? Okay. Um, now, first of all, what, what made you choose the internal path for you specifically? There was nothing that made me choose directly the internal path. I think it was just a, a, coinc a coincidence of how it turned out. Because mm -hmm. uh, originally for me, I didn't, I didn't really mind or care whether it was internal or external or doing consulting. Um, I know I definitely didn't want to do auditing because um, that just to to some that's just like run the Nessus scan and for some that's that's totally fine. But that that was something that wasn't of interest to me. So internal versus external or consulting, if you will, 
didn't matter to me. It was just whichever came first, whichever happened mm-hmm. to be the opportunity that presented itself with with a company or an organization who is willing to uh, take me on as a member of their team where, you know, it seemed like a good fit. Right. Uh, this, <laughs> this might not be the most politically correct question, so we'll see. Is there any kind of, you know, seniority or hierarchy between an internal and external uh, pen tester, either at the same company or across different industries, or is it more or less sort of you're a pen tester, you're a pen tester? I think there are some orgs who definitely try to place a hierarchy on pen testers and their their titles. I think, at least internally for me at Oracle, um, while there are different titles or different grade levels or whatever you decide to call it, um, there doesn't feel like a there's a seniority chain where someone who has that higher title or grade levels. Um, saying you have to go do X, Y, Z. It's it's just a collaboration between peers and mm-hmm. teammates. Yep. Um, I can't speak to the external side of things. Um, I know there are companies out there who, who do deploy that kind of hierarchy and, you know, the the people lower on the totem pole get the grunt work, but I, I don't have any personal experience and I'm not going to call out any particular companies. Um, and not not to say that every consulting company out there does that. Um, it's just, I think that, you know, it, it depends on the organization. Yeah. I, I think I stated my question poorly. I meant sort of between um, an internal pen tester versus an external pen tester at the same company. Do you have the more senior people sort of gravitating towards one or the other, or is there a good mix between, between the two all the time or I think there's... all the time in your case? I think there's a good mix between the two. So we we do have our external auditors come in or external pen testers do things for us. We have our internal. There's Mm -hmm. a good mix. There's no there's no heavy uh, influence on we have to do more external pen tests against our services versus Mm -hmm. internal. So um, there's there's a good healthy mix. Nice. Good. Um, Now, in terms of sort of the mindset, on Offsec, we talk a lot about mindset, the mindset that it takes to become a pen tester and to learn uh, security. And penetration testing, do you, from your experience, um, believe that there's a difference in mindset that ends up occurring depending on whether you are an internal or external auditor, or is it is the is are there more similarities than there are differences? I think there's more similarities than differences. There, there of course, obviously are the differences of you know one's white box and one's more black box, uh, mm-hmm. or unless the work makes it more white box for you. The similarities are, are definitely there, uh, and they're more prevalent, I believe. Um, usually, in any case, right, you're you're trying to find as many vulnerabilities as you can, so that way the the organization can remediate them and make sure that they aren't uh, available to be exploited in the future. Um, or, or you know, you're also just hoping to not find anything, right? No one, no one wants. Uh, the the main goal is not to find anything also so that way you know the service or that that organization is is secure um yeah that's something that a lot of a lot of people new to the field will feel bad about like oh i was on a pen test and i didn't find anything well what did you try exactly and what does that show about the organization's security posture i remember that uh we did a we did a pen test here and the clan was just super locked down there there was nothing there was one tiny thing that really didn't matter to anybody 
but other than that, we spent three weeks and we couldn't find anything. And um, at the time, I was I was sort of complaining about it, uh, but our lead pen tester was like, "No, this is great. This means that you know we've done our job, and they're looking really good." So uh, we were we were happy, particularly because they became um, they became more and more secure over time, in part due to our collaboration with them. So that was really great to see, and kind of changed my mind about how. Uh, how many shells you would need on a pen tester to be considered successful? Right. Yeah. I when I when I had first started, uh, to me everything was like, oh, I need to find a shell, or I need to to get in. And this was this was when I was volunteering for the red team at my my previous company, and um, because that's that's just what I thought it had to be, right? Like I I was doing these all these different machines from Vulnhub and other platforms. And I was doing my OCP certification. I'm like, I have to get in, like, there has to be something. And, you know, there, you know, that, that mindset changed after, you know, speaking to, to some of my mentors and to just working and, you know, hearing stories from others, like, you know, it, it's great if you find something, but the ideal uh, assessment is not finding anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, Let's take off the gloves and ask the, the tough question here. You mentioned this term red teaming a few times, and mm -hmm. it gets thrown around quite a lot. Um, I'm not going to ask for the definition because I think it means many different things to many different people. How do you use it, and what do you mean by the word? So to me, um, to me, at least red teaming and how I use it is usually it's an internal team to that organization. Um, or it, sometimes it could be external, but usually it's internal to me. And they're, they're focused on doing kind of external things, um, but they're also trying to, like, maybe they'll, they'll perform an external pen test. They'll, they'll act as a certain kind of adversary based on how an org wants them to act. But mainly that, that red team to me is they're trying to um, understand the processes and the workflows of how the, the incident response team or the blue team operates and uh, what kind of mechanisms that they're putting in place, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's more it's more about procedure than it is about actually hacking or trying to gain shells or gain domain admin or receive uh, retrieve or exfiltrate some kind of data from from the the organization or the systems that they're on. So it's to me, it's more about just understanding the processes and making sure that those workflows are are there are in place to help try and mitigate what they can against adversaries. Yeah, that, that's really good. I've heard, I've heard definitions like, oh, it needs to involve Active Directory, or it needs to involve physical attacking, or sort of all sorts of things. Um, but I, I like your definition because it really focuses on the team aspect of the word, uh, especially red in contrast to blue, meaning that there is another team, a, a security team on the other side that is intending to respond, intending to react to these attacks. And so the question isn't just what systems can I break into, but how do these teams react and what's what's sort of the collaboration between their security team um, to, to deal with these kind of infiltrations. Um, so I, I like that definition and it is in fact, of course, the definition you use here at Offsec. So when we create content, we won't call it red teaming unless it is explicitly assuming the involvement of an actual human blue team on the other side. Um, so 
Would you say that to become a red teamer, it is necessary to first become a penetration tester? Like, is there a progression there, or or can you just say, hey, you know what? What I really want to do, I'm interested in testing people and processes, not so much in machines. I think there is a process. I think it definitely helps to either come from a you know as we call it blue team side or you know the incident response side. Um, and it could also help coming from the the penetration side. So mm -hmm. um, I, I don't. I mean, there there are people who who jump straight into red teaming, and for them, you know, it might work out great. Maybe they have a nice learning curve and, and struggle. Mm -hmm. I think I think those individuals who are coming from blue teaming or the the penetration testing side are are pr probably better off. They they don't mm -hmm. have as steep of a learning curve as someone who just joins as a red teamer. Um, so I, I definitely think there's a progression there, um, or a, a beneficial progression, but it's not it's not required. Just the context of either either from the blue side saying, okay, this is this is how I did it when I was trying to defend things, or from the attacking perspective, like just object level, how do you deal with machines? You're right. I think that that context is is probably very helpful. Um, so if somebody has the goal of going into red teaming. Um, what what sort of advice would you give them? Let's say let's say it's somebody who who doesn't who isn't in security yet, right? Like so, they want to get there. That's sort of like step two. How would you say to get started and and start step one? I think the step one is really understanding what red teaming fully means, at least to you. Um, as we've mentioned here so far. Uh, red teaming means multiple different things to to whoever's interpreting it. So one, understand what the red teaming means to you. Does it, you know, does it make sense with your your career goals and objectives? Um, and if so, you know, what steps, you know, what what are the mini steps or um, smaller steps that you can take towards towards getting to that goal? Right? Is it is it joining as a pen tester first? Is it joining as someone on the blue team or someone who works in the SOC or as an incident responder? Um, is it gaining the, the knowledge that you need to at least understand what the process is for, for joining that red team that you're on or the goals of the red team that you're, you have envisioned? So I think, I think it's really just the first step is understanding what red teaming means to, to you. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, another kind of assessment that we talked about a little bit before was this concept of auditing, and that goes hand in hand with what's called compliance. Can you say a little bit more about what that is, why it's important? And you mentioned earlier that you know it wasn't something that you necessarily were interested in. What what sort of would interest somebody into doing that, and and what's what sort of the landscape there? So to me, at least compliance is, or at least compliance auditing is, uh, you have certain things that a company has to have in place, like certain procedures or certain um, mechanisms that deal with certain kind of, of data, right? So, you know, when we're, when we talk about like, say the health industry, right, there's the, there's HIPAA and you have to make sure that um, your the org that you're working with uh, meets certain criteria in order to ensure that they're meeting the, the HIPAA compliances. So like there's no data leakage, there's no um, nothing that uh, someone shouldn't get to. I mean, not to say that this isn't part of any pen test, but um, you know, 
for for HIPAA, it has a lot to do with you know health, the health industry, and making sure that only certain people can access this data, like the doctor, um, only the the person who's supposed to receive the information, uh, you know, the the patient or any authorized other people that the patient has put on there is able to access it. So. There, there, there's certain also uh, pieces of information like is the data encrypted? Um, not to say I am an expert in HIPAA compliance, I and I could be far off, but you know there, there's certain those, those certain criteria. You know, is is data encrypted at rest? Is it is data encrypted in transition? I don't, I don't remember if these are all part of the HIPAA compliance, but you know there's 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 things that need to be in place, um, and these these auditors, um, these compliance auditors are making sure that they're there. And if they're not, you know, the organization usually gets dinged for it with fines or um, or something else. So, um, you know, the, those compliance auditors are, are trying to to help those organizations make sure that they're they're compliant with with laws and regulations that are that are put in place. Got it. Okay. So so far we have internal pen testing. We have external temp pen testing. Uh, we have consulting, we have red teaming, we have auditing. There's also this concept of code reviews and application reviews. Uh, what what exactly does that mean and how does it differ from, let's say, an external pen test? So for the code reviews, usually it's either you have full access to the code or, or parts of the code and uh, you're you're essentially reviewing the code to see if there's any uh, functions, vulnerabilities, uh, things that shouldn't be in there that someone could leverage to, to make their way in. So um, just using a quick example, um, you know, is the, you know, is your password reset mechanism based on time and it pull, you know, pulls from a certain database a keyword, right? Like if I say forgot password, does it randomly generate a, a word from a database and add a certain amount of digits to the end based on time? So, you know, can I, you know, if that code is in there, can I, in theory, say, okay, can I script it so I can reset multiple users' credentials? And because it's all based on time, now all of those people's credentials that I've hit reset password on, they're all, they'll all receive the same password. Um, so it, yeah, the code review is just looking for different kind of dangerous functions, um, functionality, um, mechanisms that are put in place that that might harm the system. At least to me, that's how I understand code review and and um, reviews of the application. Got it. Cool. Okay, so then the last kind of audit that I want to talk about today is a physical audit. Um, there's, there's this concept of physical attacks, whether through something like social engineering or actually going to the headquarters of a building and trying to break in. Um, what, how does one gravitate towards something like that? So I personally haven't done any physical assessments or engagements ever, uh, but I think if someone really wants to get into more of the physical side of things, um, one, you'll, you'll probably need to get us a, a some gear to help you with that, depending on what you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, access, setting up access points, rogue access points, um, trying to, um, I don't know, see if you can steal someone's badge or a copy of their badge um, to get into office, into office buildings, you know, trying to piggyback off somebody entering their office, right? Like, you know, uh, I, that kind of plays into some social engineering a little bit, but like, you know, someone's walking into their office building um, and you just piggyback off of their card swipe. 
are they going to say anything to you? Like, are they going to make sure you don't come into the building? Um, so I, I think, you know, if you enjoy, if you enjoy trying to, to break into physical mechanisms rather than just things over the network, um, you know, make sure you've acquired the gear, work with an organization who does physical engagements where, um, uh, they, uh, work with other orgs who, who need the physical engagement done on their, on their physical infrastructure, if you will. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much insight into what someone should really look into uh, focusing on if they want to prioritize physical engagements. Um, I think, I think that might be a better discussion for, for TJ when we have him in, in a future episode. Yeah, we'll look forward to doing that. All right, so one last question for you here, Adam. Um, given this landscape of pen testing and all these different uh, types of auditing that someone can do, is there any advice that you would give to someone who wants to start out and, and doesn't necessarily know which path they want to follow, they just know they want to be on some kind of offensive, some kind of offensive role? I think it comes down to, to the mindset, regardless of what path you decide to take. Uh, you, you need to have a certain mindset um, of thinking critically, um, being able to somewhat think outside the box just because um, something's there doesn't mean um, it can be exploited. Um, just because um, there's a certain process in place that um, it's always going to work. Um, you know, some vulnerabilities, you know, it might seem like it's available to you on a system. Um, and maybe, maybe the system administrator patched it, um, but it still looks vulnerable. So maybe you have to think outside the box. Maybe it still is vulnerable, but you have to do some uh, changes. Um, but yeah, so generally just having a mindset that um, not everything is going to go the way you expect it to go um, kind of goes a long way. Awesome. So with that, we'll uh, close it out. Is there anything else you would like to say to our viewers today? Viewers, listeners, audience. If you can find a mentor who is willing to engage with you, who's willing to put the time in and uh, go along with your growth, and they're, they're invested in your growth, I would highly recommend trying to find a mentor like that. They they will be instrumental to helping your career, um, whether you're already in the field, you're looking to start in the field. Um, I had I had two mentors who who I work with here at Oracle now. Um, they brought me over. I, I worked with them on the 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 red team when I volunteered for them at the previous org. They've been pretty instrumental to to my career growth and the journey and to even just getting this position where I'm at now. So definitely try to find a mentor who's invested in your career growth, who, who wants to see you grow in your, in your position. And then, um, you know, once you feel like you're ready, um, become a mentor for someone, um, give, give back to the community. All right. Well, that is excellent advice. Thank you so much, Adam. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. If you want to continue the conversation with either Adam or myself or any of our staff, you can do so on our Offsec Discord server. Uh, currently has over how many are, how many people are we at Adam now? A little over fifty-two thousand people, I believe now. Fifty-two thousand people. So 
all these people are interested in either becoming pen testers or learning how to be pen testers or talking about pen testing and InfoSec. Uh, so feel free to come join in on the conversation. With that, we'll leave it here and we'll see you next time.